the quick and the dirty. Life's better when you can laugh about it. I'm Hillary from London. And I'm Sandra from Ottawa. And we're going to kick things off with uh, the quick, uh, where we basically do a recap of our lives and our failures and our successes. Well, we've never actually done our successes, have we? <laughs> we don't have many, but it's That's basically right. where we do a rundown of what happened in the previous week. That's right. So we're back from vacay, or at least I'm back from vacay this week. And I just wanted to give everybody a recap um, of how I almost died on my summer vacation. Was that too much? <laughs> Was that too you dramatic? exaggerating things I can't even imagine. <laughs> so what happened? And then I'll tell you if it's too much or not. Okay. I have a limp today because I have a slight groin injury because my husband almost watched me die and did absolutely nothing about it. Oh, no. Yes. See, you went too far. I was about to give Tim a round of applause no. for finally <laughs> injuring you in the act of coitus. Listen, if I could do the sideways splits and get injured in the process uh, in a better way, I would celebrate that. But that's not what happened, Hillary. Although I did learn in this valuable lesson that I can still do the sideways splits, even accidentally. Like how far down are we talking? Like full on Jean-Claude Van Damme? <laughs> I was going to say Jackie Chan, but I'll go I'll go Jean-Claude on this one absolutely. Like I was I was full split. I was I was a sideways eye. <laughs> I was a sideways letter I. That's what I was. Yes. That's okay, totally so what I was. Okay, so how did this happen? Well, we were you know, we rented that cottage with the family and it was such a fantastic week. I can't say enough about it. Uh, midway through, I did a canoe ride with my husband and we had a great time. Waters were calm, everything was great. We get back what do you what, like? We're getting out of the canoe. I don't know what you're docking. I don't know what the words are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're docking, whatever. So we're on the shore. Uh, we're in a little rocky area. He gets out and leaves. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a pair of ladies who are asked if they could take it from us and, and, you know, take the next ride. And I'm like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. So they're waiting too. So now there's witnesses and there's a few people behind on the beach all watching. And I get out. I take one foot out and the other one still in the canoe. The canoe starts veering that's the noise it made. <laughs> this just starts going. And my left foot couldn't, you know, I just couldn't adjust myself. Oh, so, so one the, leg's still in the canoe, you, the other leg's out, you took the weight out of the canoe, which is you, and, and then, then yeah. it starts to move because it's not on the ground anymore. It's not ah. on the ground anymore. So I here I am, and I'm just, I'm doing a slow split. It wasn't like a quick split. It was like a, <laughs> if I, here's the sound. I want, I'm all about sound effects today. <laughs> And is that going, you tooting as you try to like bring your legs back together and use all of your internal muscles? Girl, you know I clenched. I was clenching. It was not pretty. So as it's happening, and I, I remember, the, like it's a slow motion train wreck now. And I'm thinking to myself, this is happening. I can't help my, why can't I get my footing to get my other leg out of the canoe? Why can't I do it? So I do the, the only thing I could do, I fall. Like I had to just fall forward, face first into, oh. into the water on my knees and my oh. husband at that point stopped, looked around, and just stood there and did nothing. Oh, my gosh. He didn't come over to help you? No, he didn't. So I get, like, the B in me comes out because now I've just fallen. <laughs> what does the B stand for, Sandra? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know what it means. Hillary, tell me. <laughs> So then, I, so then I'm like, it's a slow motion fall. Everybody sees it. And instead of being, you know, delicate and laughing it off, which I should have done, like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, oh, like, guys. oh, look, at, I'm an independent woman. I could totally handle this. Yeah. And I right away I start going, 
Tim, where the hell were you? <laughs> Start giving him hell. <laughs> like, I literally shamed him in front of everybody. Like, worst husband ever. And I start, like, swearing at him. Like, where did the hell were you? Did you point while you did it? <laughs> did I Shaking what? your finger? <laughs> I was out of control. Like, I, I, if I could take back any part of the week, it was the way I handled that. Can, it was just life, right? It's like he walked away. Although I will say he never has the presence of mind to help me. When he sees that I'm in trouble, he's that one who doesn't leap into action. Some people are really quick. Mm-hmm. He'll just see what the situation is for 10 minutes before he gets well, involved. It would have been okay if you fell and then he came over. But like he didn't even no. ask if you were okay. At least he didn't laugh at you. He didn't, he just, but he was like, so it didn't bother him that his wife just did the splits, sustained a groin injury, fell into the water, but then, and, but then it bothered me that my instinct was to just yell at him. Like, you what know kind of person I am picture I? when you describe this? I think about my dog, Bruiser, who's a boxer. And when I ask him if he wants to go for a car ride and he knows what it means, but not really. And he kind of turns his head like, huh? That's Tim. <laughs> well, huh? that's, yeah, that's Tim's everyday face though. <laughs> He's just so fun. I always say, you know, you've been concussed a lot because you're very slow on the reflex. <laughs> and he has been concussed. And it's kind of an inside joke. But is it, Hillary? Is it? <laughs> but the worst it's part of it. It's not funny anymore. No, it's not funny. I'm just kidding. But, you know, the people, then I, then you really feel like a bee when you're like, I just called out my husband publicly in like a really, not a nice way. I could have, like I was right. em- embarrassed that but I was, he was I reacted that way. He was, of course he was wrong. But that, he was then, 100% wrong. They got quiet, like, don't say anything to her. She's a ticking time bomb. <laughs> <laughs> so I realized that I had, like, poisoned the well on any relationship I was going to have with them, like, in passing at the cottages, you know? There would be no more saying hello. Yeah, you walk into a local bar and they're there and everything gets quiet. Exactly. It's like the saloon back in <laughs> <laughs> or the record player goes ah, when somebody walks in. Amazing! Wow, well. they, they you're that wife at the cottage. I, oh, listen, that poor I've seen, guy. I've seen women at the grocery store. Haven't we all seen that wife who's just a oh. the one that snaps her fingers at her husband? Those are my favorite. I have yeah. you ever seen that where someone's like, uh, if if it were you and Tim, Tim. Get over here. Oh, no, I can't. No, I'm not that wife, but I will do a mommy voice on him occasionally when I'm super upset. But, you know, I have to take responsibility. That's really on me because nobody deserves, not no grown man or grown adult for that manner should be spoken to that way. Right. But, but it just becomes a habit as a mom, I think. Well, I think so, too. But, you know, th- these were, I feel like, special circumstances. And after it happened, I th- and then I was like, okay, well, it's over now. I embarrassed myself. I, I apologized to Tim. I, you know, I gave him some more. Well, I spoke to him. We had words. And then it was fine. And then I thought, well, you know what? I, but I did the sideways split. So maybe mm, something good came out of this. You know, I learned something <laughs> new. I, I still got it. But then the next day. Yeah, um, you should have just done like a Mary Catherine Gallagher from Saturday Night Live where you get up and you do like, ta-da. <laughs> like you've just won a gymnastics meet. That's right. I should have. But then <laughs> then I, now I'm limping slightly. It's been five days and I'm like, nah, I actually got a groin injury. So maybe I can't do the sideways splits. I can't believe you're being <laughs> honest about this. If I had a groin injury, I would lie and be like, well... Week at the cottage and, you know, really hurt your children's mental psyche (laughs) by telling stories about how that happened. Yeah, your dad almost cracked me in half. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Sandra. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm so far and you jump. (laughs) 
to the other side of the line. That's my girl. But even if I did say it, would anybody even believe me if I even told that story? <laughs> you guys know that's not happening. It's not. And, and I'm at the cottage with my kids. There's, it's not sexy time. It's family time. It's a totally different thing entirely. I don't know. There's something fun about like sneaking away. Well, you know, I don't want to get into it. I mean, don't tell it, me you maybe. guys didn't have a, a moment. Like a eh, eh. Yeah, there was a moment. <laughs> And also, <laughs> speaking of sexy time, we he was like all about these late night swims. Mm-hmm. So at, at precisely 8.15, you think <laughs> I'm anal? This man's anal. And it's like 8.13. Are we going it? Nope. Two more minutes. So at 8.15. I love you, like late night swims. 8.13. No, but 8. <laughs> no, but the, but the point is like it's midnight <laughs> under the stars. Oh, no, we're, no, we're like mature adults. Get over yourself. Late night swim. And dinner's at four. <laughs> it's dusk. Should I say dusk swims? It's the late night swim with the senior citizens. Yes, that's right. This is the happy hours when we just like to get in early and out before the, the kids come. So we, we go when it's dusk, and then by the time you come out, it's dark. Okay. So that's what it was. So, yeah, we had like we had a couple of, couple of moments in the water. Isn't it a little bit chilly? Well, that's why they never really <laughs> reached fruition. I was good. To, I'm always good to go. I'm as cold as ice regularly, so I match the water temperature. But anyways... <laughs> Such a disaster. God love him. Oh, my God. God love him. What? Okay, I got it. So there you go. I'm limping today. Not a sex injury, a horrible canoe <laughs> injury, and I blame my husband. Oh, my gosh. So this week for me, uh, we went to a wedding on the weekend. Uh, can I just uh, talk about how much I don't understand so many people's weddings? First of all, people invite friends that they're not going to be friends with in 10 years. Like, that's weird to me. But how do you know that you're not going to be friends in 10 years? You can tell. <laughs> you can tell. Like, we all have those friends that are situational friends. Like, I'm friends with you because we work together. But if you didn't work here, we would not hang out. Like, it just wouldn't happen, right? Hurtful. It's true, though. Not well, you and no. I. I'm not talking about you and I. Oh, I'm talking I, I about people. Ta- <laughs> I was like, wow, you want to talk about brutal honesty? There it is, Hillary. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about you and I, but there wow. are people you work with that are that way, right? And some people you tolerate. Right. I feel like I feel like I tolerate mostly everybody in my <laughs> life. And maybe it's the same. Maybe it works the other way. Okay, fair enough. Got so it. So we're at this wedding and it's uh, one of my boyfriend's employees. Very sweet. I'd never met the couple outside of their stag and doe. It has nothing to do with me. But I can just feel the anxiety of my boyfriend as he takes me to this wedding because he is uh, separated slash divorced most of the way there. And he knows that one day I really want to get married. And he is not so inclined because he's done it and there's the mystery is gone. So he doesn't want to put any crazy ideas into your head by bringing you to a wedding. <laughs> but I barely know these people. I'm sobbing during the vow. Oh. <laughs> like full on, like <laughs> full body cries and through the speeches. And I just, I can feel him and I feel badly that I can't hold it in because he knows this is what I want and he probably feels guilty. But he's got to sit there and watch me go through this. So and you're nothing not he can do can make me feel better. So these aren't happy tears. <laughs> these are, it's never going to be my turn. <laughs> what about me? Yeah, I mean, it's Aww. ridiculous. And I feel guilty, too, because I don't want to make him feel bad. Anyway, 
the one good thing that came out of this wedding was that I showed up and I was so stoked that I was wearing the same dress as another girl. Oh, not the bride, I hope. No, no. <laughs> I really want to get I mean, married. I... Wedding. <laughs> married, I think. Mean. Wedding. Could you yeah. imagine? I'm showing no. up every time you go to a wedding, you wear a dress. Is this a hint? <laughs> Holy crap. I mean, so... everybody's here. We might as well just, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a minister there. You want to? Uh, so you showed up in the same dress yeah, as somebody else, and you like that? Absolutely. Like we've all seen those movies where it's like this big drama. Oh, I showed up for prom, and we were wearing the same dress. Yeah, and I was so upset. My life is over. That's I was right. super pumped for like a really weird reason. I think it, I I never wear the same thing as anybody else because until this year, I have never fit into anything that anybody else would own. And I got so pumped that we were in the same dress. Like, I was super excited. I wanted to take pictures together. She was less inclined, but... (laughs) You should have... What you should have done is a uh, post on social media who wore it best. (laughs) Yeah. She did. (laughs) Absolutely. She was beautiful. But I was still so excited. So you were excited that you actually were able to buy a mainstream dress for once. Right. Because that's not like a thing. And I had to have it brought in. Mm. Oh, I love this story. I get it. <laughs> but for her, yeah, of course, I get that for her, it's a nightmare. And she was what size, do you say? Oh, like a two. Okay, God love her. <laughs> she was probably like, oh my God, a chubby girl is wearing the same dress. Oh, as, as if, as <laughs> if. So you're, uh, can I, are you still shopping in, you're not shopping in plus size? Uh, sometimes on the bottom, I've got hips that don't lie. Yeah. But I, uh, yeah. dresses I can usually wear a regular size because if they're A-line cut, they make room for my business so this is an emotional victory oh absolutely and here you are in the prettiest little dress you could find ugly crying (laughs) at this wedding (laughs) wow what a visual hillary (laughs) did you have like the mascara down your face afterwards i love your dress (laughs) we were wearing sunglasses thank god oh my god (laughs) <laughs> will you will you post? Do you have a picture, by the way, of the two of you wearing the dress? No, I didn't. Uh, I didn't want to make her embarrassed. But but <laughs> I was like having a little victory dance. <laughs> were you always showing up next to her at the bar? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And then there was another girl in the same dress, but a different like fabric as well. Oh, this is amazing. I too would celebrate that too. As a girl, I've lived in the plus size world. I've lived in the regular world. Now I kind of hover. Mm-hmm. Like now, I, like I want, I can live in both worlds, kind of. Exactly. As, I, I'd like to say I'm a 16, but let's be honest. After this summer, the jeans are a little tight. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I usually can live in those those two worlds. So that's a real victory, Hillary. It Bravo. was really strange for me. Oh, I get a round of applause. I'm glad being for you. I'm so happy for you. We should go on a canoe ride sometime. All right. So after this brief celebration of victory. They're rare on this show. Uh, <laughs> you ready? We're going to talk about some of those moments in our childhoods that just scarred us forever. Right. Specifically <laughs> regarding back to school, because this week, of course, all the kids are back in school, whether it's JK, high school, college, university, whatever it is. But we all have a memory, mostly traumatizing, I would say, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think those are the ones that stick around. I have a couple of wins. But they're few and far between. Yeah. Kind of like average everyday life. Right. So we all have that one memory. And in fact, when you and I were talking about doing this podcast, you talked about your story. Well, you texted me the story, so I don't know all of it. And that triggered my story. 
Ooh. And I feel like mine is really traumatizing too. Like and it, way repressed, way like, back there. I didn't even remember it until you brought your story up and I went, oh my God, I literally, I found ground zero from all of my body image <laughs> issues. I have, I have ground zero. I found it. It's at the moment where everything changed. Really? I'm really. so interested. Mine is also body issue related. <laughs> Do you want to start? Uh, okay, so I can remember going into grade, it must have been grade one or two. My teacher was Mrs. Story. I lived in Brampton, Ontario. It was mm. very, uh, very nice little neighborhood. And like at that point, when you're going in grade one or two, body isn't even a thing. Like, you don't even think about what you look like. You you don't care if your shirt matches your shorts or if your shoes are right. That stuff doesn't matter. And my mom had gone in for parent-teacher interview. Ooh, the dreaded parent-teacher interview. Like, the first sort of meeting of the teacher and the parents. And it's funny because, like, we look back on our school past, and there's so many things that would have happened back then that, like, there's no chance in hell hell any of it would happen these days right so my mom comes back from parent teacher interview and she tells me that uh my teacher had some concerns that uh i was um well fat wow are you kidding me who what teacher says that like, it would never happen now. We're so much more tuned in to body image. and That would have been a huge mm. deal. But it's so strange that that... Why I can remember that, that that changed me. Why did your your teacher, though... Of course it changed you. Of course it did. Why did your teacher need to tell your mother that and then have it be passed along to you? I don't know. Like, I'm, and the thing is, at the time, I wasn't... I mean, I had a little belly because I had, a, like, a umbilical hernia when I was a kid, so my stomach kind of hung out a little bit but I wasn't like I grew into myself as a fine adult and teen uh but I mean I wasn't I wouldn't say I was fat at that point no but it it changed things forever for so, me because like then I didn't want to be in her class and I didn't want to engage and I wondered why she thought so terribly of me and then my mother I think it hurt her too because she felt like it was some sort of failure on her part as a parent that's a big part of it too yeah it's it, anytime you get criticized criticized at a parent teacher interview trust me I I've been to enough parent teacher interviews that uh you know you yeah you think it's a reflection on you and then she didn't know like I don't think she really knew how to handle it either because how do you approach a teacher that you don't get along with as a parent. Like, I'm sure it's not the first time a parent has had a problem with a teacher, but how do you manage that relationship when your child's future depends on them? Well, absolutely. The last thing you want to do is tick off that teacher who has a lot of power. But I, what I want to know is this. What was the point of her saying it? What was the result she was hoping for? I don't know. Maybe that my mother would watch my intake more. And why was it a problem for your teacher? Like, why is it any of her business? Why is it any of her business? Her job is completely different from your mother's job. So, and, and honestly, you're a happy, healthy kid. Who cares? Right. And, you know, I look back on pictures of myself, you know, even at the time when I had body image, same thing. You know, you think, oh, I was so chubby. And then you look back and you're like, no, I wasn't. I'd I love was to be that chubby. <laughs> thinking I'm chubby now. Right. In re- like in relation to where you are now, the, the, the same proportions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. And here we are. And, and the, the audacity of that teacher, I wonder if she's still alive. I don't know if she is. Do you know? 
Uh, I have no idea. I don't even live in that town anymore. But I, I wonder if she had done that to other kids and for how long and how many other kids she damaged along the way, thinking she was helping. Yeah, I, it's so strange. And like there were other things, uh, other kid sort of interactions that stay with you as well. Like yeah. I uh, forever hate anyone named Vanessa. I'm sorry if your name is Vanessa. I'm sure you're lovely, but we can't be friends. Oh, boy. Well, then Vanessa's my enemy now, too. Here we go. Why don't why don't I like Vanessa? Okay, so when I was a kid, I was super social. Imagine that, Sandra. And I loved to be the center of attention. And but I wasn't really loyal to a particular friend group. I would bounce around. Yeah. Fairweather friends is what we call you. Pardon me? We call people like you fairweather friends. No, I wasn't a fairweather friend. I just wasn't like, I can only hang out with my best friend, Angela. Oh, like, I that see. wasn't me. It was like, hey, what are you doing today? I'll hang out with you. Like, Perfect. whatever. So Everybody's friend my friend. Group. Okay. Anyway, this girl, Vanessa, campaigned against my entire grade one class because she didn't want people to be friends with me. <gasps> Vanessa, why? You can't be friends with me if you're friends with Hillary. Oh, grade one stuff. God, why are girls like that? I don't know. That is brutal. So So she obviously didn't like your way, and she was obviously jealous of you. No Vanessa's in my life. You're out. (laughs) So we go to a bar. You've been cut. You're off the island. You meet a girl named Vanessa. She's not, you're not even going to give her a fighting chance? Nope. (laughs) Wow. That's, that, that must have cut deep in grade one that hurt. I don't know why. I, it's just that name. It makes my skin crawl. So you talk about me having uh, like holding grudges. Let's talk about you for a second, <laughs> shall we? I like listen. I invented the grudge, and I'm proud of my grudges, and I stand by every grudge that I have. Right. This grudge, it makes no sense. I know. It's just I. It's a trust thing. Would you like, like me to find this Vanessa? I, uh, people with without strong chins. I don't trust them either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust people who shake my hand weird. I will say that. Right. That is a weird thing. We all thing. have our things. It's because we had an experience and now it's kind of stuck around. And I'm sure, Vanessa, if you're listening now, I'm sure we can get over this hurdle, whichever Vanessa you may be. But I'm going to start the relationship skeptical. Okay. So Vanessa has to work a little harder to win you over. <laughs> can we go to ground zero, just or to ground zero, Vanessa? Is that not happening? What do you mean? You want the original? The original Vanessa needs to be dealt with. I don't know who she is or where she is. Oh, we'll find her. <laughs> We're putting the word out right now to the quick and dirty podcast listeners. You find her. Where were you, Brampton? Uh, Parkway Public School. There you go. There you go, <laughs> Vanessa. You I'm find sure Vanessa. She was lovely, and she probably hated me for some very, very real reason that I just was never aware of. Maybe you wore the same dress one day. <laughs> she couldn't handle it. And I kept wanting to get selfies together. <laughs> well, I am so sorry. Now, now you know, now that you've told that story, anytime I meet a Vanessa, I'm going to give her the side eye. Seem like, I don't know. I know all about you and your people so and your kind. So broken, right? So, so broken. Okay, so... Broken story number two and body <laughs> body image issues. Uh, picture it, grade two. You want to talk about a delicate time? You said grade one and two. So my story happened in grade two. And on that day, our teacher was teaching us about weights and measurements. Oh, you know boy. You know Here where I'm going with this. She brought a scale into the class. What? And she individually weighed every single kid in the class and announced our weight. Oh. That 
that happened. And I remember uh, my last name starts with P, Plagakis, so I was down. Do you have any idea what the anxiety was? Because she went alphabetically (laughs) until she got to me. It's like, I wish at that point, I wish my last name was Andrews to get it over with and have 30 other kids behind me. Right. And you're also like the tallest probably in the class at that point. Because girls grew before guys. Uh, So what are what 11 maybe? That's 11, grade two, right? I think so, yeah. And I wasn't, like, I wasn't, um, I was built like a linebacker from pretty much birth. Right. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It's the good Greek genes. I have a a good Greek, I was a size 10, I'm pretty sure by then. I was tall, I was, I was, I wouldn't say stocky, but I was proportioned, let's just say. So she, you know, announced everybody's weight, and every time, you know, somebody would be weighed, oh, here's Paul Smith, we'd all be like, oh, Paul's 78 pounds, ooh, and this, you know, snide comments. And finally, she came to me, and I don't know why the hell she, I'm sure she saw the, the terror in my face, but she went with it anyway. Sandra, get on the scale, 93 pounds. <laughs> A pure muscle, baby, from parts unknown. <laughs> <laughs> the way in. <laughs> and uh, I remember I, I died. Like, I just died. Because at that moment, um, that's when the kids were like, whoa. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, no. They reacted that way? Yeah. The boys did because the boys are jerks. And the girls are like, hee, 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 hee. I'm only 42 pounds. <laughs> so I remember, like, being so ashamed and like embarrassed about that big number and I get uh, now now that we I've thought about that story again I thought wow that's really where it all began where I am obsessed with the scale I'm, I'm even to this day if I go up two pounds on a Monday from where I was on a Friday that'll ruin my day Ugh. and I'm like a slave to the number and I know that's 100% wrong because Oprah says it's wrong well, therefore it is, it is because wrong. that can just be water or like you need to go to the bathroom exactly but that number directly affects the way I feel about myself. And I think a lot of women have that. But uh, that all goes to grade two and that moment where my weight became the factor and really defined you in that, on that day anyway, right? For me, it's never been about that number. Like it has been in the in recent years because I've been working on bringing that number down. But for me, it's always been about what it kept me from doing. Oh, I see. Yeah. So uh, any of those games that had to do with uh, trust falls, I would never trust anybody to catch me. They're going to drop me, trust me. I know. Uh, I'm a 93-pounder. Who's going to catch me? (laughs) 93-pounder coming. There's no way. Or uh, when I was chubbing in my teens going to Canada's Wonderland. Or, you know, I would always worry about the things that I, I was afraid to do in case I couldn't do them. Yeah. And then, to, and then also to fail publicly sucks. Let's be honest. <laughs> when there are witnesses to a failure, that just makes it so much worse. Even though now we know as adults, failing is not a bad thing. Failing is the thing that probably makes you better overall, down the road anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, we still don't like it as adults. No. Don't get me wrong. No, it's not my favorite. <laughs> it's not my favorite. And listen, we do live radio shows every day. I have breaks uh, that literally play out like a train wreck on some oh, occasions. Yeah. Hello, and you've listened yeah. to this podcast. <laughs> That's right. It's <laughs> it's life. You make mistakes, you move on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, you know, maybe it's um, kismet that you and I found each other as broken, as broken grade twos. Honestly, this podcast is basically just a repeat of our failures. It's it's therapy. <laughs> It is therapy. That's right. And I'm all actually writing down, never have a Vanessa on the podcast. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So we are talking about 
school uh, horror stories, traumas. Mm. School uh, scars, basically. School scars. That's actually a great way to put it, Hillary. And school scars. Of course, Wendy is our colleague who works at Country 1011 here in Ottawa. And uh, you're broken, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have lots of stories that I could pick through for sure. I mean, there was one time where... I peed myself on stage in a musical. That went well. And then the teacher just rushed me down to the... I was in grade six, by the way. Wow. Wasn't wasn't in kindergarten. But she rushed me down to the kindergarten room where they had, you know, a box full of uh, spare underpants and squeezed me into (laughs) those. that's appetizing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Grade... How does it grade six? I was so nervous. Oh, it's nervous pee. I just... I was on stage. I just about had a solo and I, I just thought, I don't have time to pee before I get on stage. One of those dumb things yeah and i have an immature bladder okay <laughs> it was never easy uh wendy i've given birth to a 10 pounder okay so i feel like that's if anytime i have to make a run for it i always hmm. just say i had a 10 pound baby back away so you're saying i had no excuse at 12 years old okay um, so what was the the outcome of that like how did your other classmates handle it honest to god i think that teacher just caught me like saw like I, I had gone back into the change room kind of after my scene. I was the only one in there. And that teacher was like, what's what's wrong? And saw the redness in my face or whatever. And I was like, mm-hmm. and she just took care of it. So I don't think anybody knew. Wow. You see, that's that's a great story about Mrs. a teacher. Fisher, thank you. Mrs. Yes. Fisher yes. saved the day. Yeah, she was excellent. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic that she did that for you. Because you just imagine if you had witnesses to that story, how your scholastic career would have been completely different. Oh, yeah, right? It's like the nightmare that you have. But one other story I really wanted to share with you, because I remember this being horrifying, but I look back at it now and I think, oh, that was great. It was such a good story. And it goes really well with the, uh, the sex ed curriculum right now and uh, that debacle that's going on. So again, grade six, it was a good year for me. And uh, <laughs> we we were in there and they brought in like a sex ed instructor. Like it wasn't one of our teachers. They brought in somebody else, which I think is probably a good idea as well, because then you're just not taunting your teacher for the rest of the year. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And if they say something that's kind of uncomfortable, you don't have to look at them forever. Yeah, exactly. So this girl came in and she had a cart and everything. And, and she put up this little poster of a little girl, like a cartoon girl and a poster of a little boy. And then she started saying, you know, what happens when we get hormones? You know, and you're, you're supposed to talk about the body parts changing or whatever. And she was uh-huh. very aggressive with slapping on fake boobs <laughs> oh, on this my little God. girl, right? Like, it was oh, just my like, gosh. We she... had these things called Bernie and Bernice. They were kind of the same. Yeah. It was like, she gets tits, you know? I mean, she probably didn't use tits. But you know, but, but this is what was funny is, is we're all sitting there going, you know, what happens when Lacey gets her period? All the boy stuff was just like, they get a little hair, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. But all the girl stuff is all this really, you know, embarrassing embarrassing and a lot of information and we're all about 11 12 years old and she's asking of course nobody's answering except for my boyfriend he's like Lacey gets hair under armpits and in her genitals you know Lacey will get her period around the age of 13 to about 16 years old she'll get it once a month it's something that you want to leave them alone for five to seven days your boyfriend oh yeah and then he's like they got big jugs Lacey will get big jugs you know and all this and the girl is 11 just, or 12 let me just confirm this yeah and, exactly and this is the, the instructor's like okay Jordan just shh, like let me okay. teach my class here and I remember somebody being like what uh, finally at the end of this like why do you know all this Jordan they had to question this he's like dad's got a lot of playboys oh my god 
And his dad was a dirty so-and-so. Rest in peace, Vic, you dirty so-and-so. Vic, you and your playboys. Yeah. So anyway, so again, at the time, mortified. Here's my boyfriend, the only one in class who knows about pubic hair. Yeah, he's experienced, too. Did you start thinking, wow, he's experienced. He knows some things. Oh, no. Wow, he's going to pressure me for sex. I think he broke up with me for like a week because all the girls wanted to... Date him, you know. Oh, they wanted to. Yeah, they lined really? up. Really, I would be terrified. No, he knew about all the kids. Oh, we were we were horrible. I went to a school that had not a lot of students and not a lot to do. We were making out a lot really young. It's well, making out <laughs> is okay. Making out is making out. Have That's you ever heard of the game Mailman? What? Uh, no. no. <laughs> so but you I go didn't... in a closet with one boy, you do whatever you do there, and then he tells you who you want. he wants to send in next so that you're the mailman. Ah. Then that girl goes in and does whatever with him. Now it's her turn to tell him who she wants next. Oh, so it's like a key party. We did that <laughs> when we were 12. <laughs> the 12. mailman. I can honestly wow. say I didn't have my first kiss until I was like 16, 17. Yeah. But what do you define as a first kiss, though? Oh, Let's wait, get, that's not know, true. There was one boy at a corn roast when I was like 12. <laughs> but it was a pack. Roast. It's not a making out. But mm-hmm. it was, it was a, right. Okay, so my first kiss was in grade five when we used to chase each other around the portables. Mm-hmm. And then if you'd catch that person, you got to kiss them. Oh, yeah. So I ran so slowly. <laughs> my, <laughs> I was trying to get all the action. My first you kiss, pooch. I was six years old on the play yard. And guess who the boyfriend was? Same one. No. No way. Yeah, he was my boyfriend from grade one to grade nine. Wow. Yeah. So he, and he knew some things. He did. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I shared my first kiss with another girl. He really knew <gasps> some things. Wow. <laughs> You're fr- uh, slow clap, Wendy. Yeah, girl. Yeah. Well, Proud. thanks, Jordan, for all the experiences. So you don't yeah. really sound traumatized by anything. Not now, but I remember at the time just being, because I was really raised really religious. So none of this was, uh, this was a deep seated dark secrets that right. I kept and then as I got older I was like that's pretty cool <laughs> well I mean isn't part of it self-loathing yeah exactly yeah yeah Just, I'm the, I feel like I could teach a course on self-loathing now yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah and now just eh. That's no, okay. No big thing. Were you excited, like talking about the sex ed and all that? Were you excited when you started to grow into a, a female? So funny. I was a late bloomer, um, and uh, for those listening, uh, these girls already know. I have. I'm very well endowed. She bloomed three like peonies. Area. I have a size. <laughs> like in the world of flowers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wendy's bloom. like the peony of I've, bloomers. <laughs> I have no problem. I'm a size H, bro. Okay. Wow. Deep into the alphabet, girl. Uh, yeah. So like I so, but I was one of those kids who nothing, 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 nothing all through public school while all the other girls were getting, you know, all their changes and everything and getting their little bras and all this kind of stuff. Nothing. It was the summer of grade nine into grade 10. All of a sudden, kaboom. It all came on strong. And so actually in public school, the boys used to throw balls at my chest and say, let's play wall ball. What? You showed them, girl. I sure did. (laughs) Did you just absorb all the balls? Oh, as soon as... as Wait, we're still talking about boobs, not the closet, right? Sorry, yes. (laughs) (laughs) When I got back from summer in grade 10, I definitely... The parties were very different. Oh, I bet. I got a few, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> and they weren't. No, they weren't. They and absolutely I said, no, weren't. you are not. And I said, that's too bad for you. Uh, I, I bet wanna... Jordan wished he hung on a little bit longer. A little bit longer, you oh, sucker. Jordan. One more summer. You would have had that little poster girl. God, he'd be talking about the motorboating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Wendy, well, thank that was you. Good. <laughs> thank you for coming uh, on the podcast. Yeah, As always, so much. it's a pleasure. <laughs> we can always me. count on you for a great story. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you want a few more? No, we'll stop there. <laughs> Thanks, ladies. Thank Pills, you. We don't have time to bring um, Matt on because it's 1057 and we okay. have. A, okay. I think well, he's gone anyway. We ditched him quick, didn't we? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Wendy, for Thank having you. a sweet woman. Bye. Do you want to stop recording, Hills? Uh, or do you I want think to we'll do just do intro? like a quick wrap up. Okay. Thanks, Wendy. Mwah, mwah. Oh, you. The sweet girl. I will motorboat you later. <laughs> Sorry for that awkwardness, Hillary, because of Matt. I didn't realize. Just looked at the time and I'm like, ah, we got to go. No problem. Uh, so a special thanks to Wendy Boomer, the host of the wake up call with, uh, I don't know what the hell she's the host of, Hillary. <laughs> go one she's more your time. co-worker. Just she's she's a co-worker. Sakes. She's a co-worker on Country 101.1 and I'm embarrassed now that I don't know the name. <laughs> do you want to look it up and do it? Jesus Christ. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I do want to. I do want to. Wendy Boomer. I should know this, right? Uh, wake up with Boomer and Dips. Yeah. Is it, is it Boomer and Dips or Dips and Boomer? Boomer uh, and the dips, wake up call. It is the wake up call with Wendy Boomer and Matt Dips. Okay, I got okay. it. Okay, one more time. Very special thank you to Wendy. She's our uh, co-worker. She works on... Country 1011, uh, the wake-up call with Wendy Boomer and Matt Dips. It's nice to know that, you know, I work with her every day, or at least we work in the same building. She's about 10 feet away from me in another studio. I like that she's just as broken, you know? Yeah, I think we all are. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There, there's a reason why we're all drawn into this business in particular, but also I think everybody has that a story from school. It either made them or it broken, it broken them. <laughs> <laughs> it, it makes you or it breaks you is what I should say. Absolutely. If you've got a story you want to share about going back to school, you can hit us up on social. Here's how. This podcast is over, but the conversation doesn't have to be. Follow Hillary and Sandra on social. Instagram at Hillary on Air at Sandra Kiss 1053. Twitter at Hillary Welch at Sandra Kiss 1053. And Facebook at Quick and Dirty Podcast. Got a question? Email Hillary and Sandra, thequickandthedirty at gmail.com. Don't forget, you can download the podcast through iTunes each week to your mobile device to listen offline. 